Um, Our scripture reading for today is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, good morning. Good morning. morning. I am glad you made it here this morning, wherever you came from. And I also, I just want to give a shout out to the front row people. You guys, thank you. It's super helpful. Front row folks are awesome. Seriously, it's so helpful to have folks in the front. Um, Also, hey, I love the tag team announcements, the partner announcements. I think that was awesome. Thanks. And you guys have an awesome home group. I've hung out with you. They have an awesome Zateo, right? Good folks you should meet. So, hey, really glad you're here. And I, I hope we can take a breath this morning and enjoy being together and take a moment, breathe, uh, know that we are loved. I hope that you feel welcome this morning. A lot of you have been here a long time, I know, and some of you are newer, but I, I hope and I know this church hopes that you feel welcome in this space. Wherever you're at in your life journey, I hope you feel welcomed into this group and into this space this morning. Would you pray with me? And we're going to look at a couple of Psalms and talk about some practices with God. Um, let's pray. God, I'm just so grateful um, that you love us, uh, grateful that we get to be together, I'm grateful that we are alive this morning and there is air in our lungs. God, I just ask that you would help us to take a breath this morning, to sense your love, your presence, your joy, uh, your care this morning. And I just ask, God, that we could just have a, a little greater sense of your peace, um, your peace in our hearts, in our lives, in our souls. So God, would you, would your spirit just encourage us, teach us, help us this morning? Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. So Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am Be still and know. Be still. We come here this morning and we're all carrying different thoughts, concerns, life realities, right? Even this morning I was talking to Justin, who I met 20 years ago, and sharing about, yeah, I, he's, how are you? Yeah, I had a rough day yesterday. There's things, there are things weighing on the back of my head right now. 
as I try to preach, things weighing on me, you know, certain things that make me sad. And so you're here, and we have these certain realities that weigh on us. And I want to invite you this morning to take a moment to be still in God's presence, to be present together. So we're going to look at Psalm 46 together and then talk about what are some, some ways, some rhythms, some practices to help us to have some stillness in our life, some rest with God, some, some deep connection to God throughout our days. And we read this Psalm 46, and it talks about, like, it's like the earth is falling in the sea and the nations are raging, like things are out of control. And I, I have been reading this Psalm and just reflecting on the last couple years of life in our world. And like from our town to our state to our world, it feels, at least to me, sometimes I turn on the news and it feels like the nations are raging, like mountains are tumbling, structures that have held now are questioned, like things are crazy sometimes. Is anybody with me on this? Like in our town and in the world, things can be, things have been confusing. I mean, we've, we've had this year and a half, two years, where our nation has looked at racism for like our next, our latest iteration of looking at racism, and some marched, and then our nation kind of argued about how important it is to care about racism in different ways, right? Then we had this global pandemic, and we wear masks, and we got to figure out how to shelter, and how our kids go to school, and all these things. And then we argue about masks and vaccines, and we argue with our family, and it's wild. Our state has had ridiculous, horrible wildfires, like one after another lately. Hurricane Ida just devastated folks in Louisiana. The governor of our state just faced a recall election. Doesn't happen very often. And then he ended up at the street, at the, at the school up the, up the street from my house, giving his like victory press conference, like right in my neighborhood. So weird. Like it's just weird. Many of us have had like more division, more arguments around politics, culture, social realities than, at least for me in my 43 years of life. I've never seen this level of kind of angst about how our society functions. We've seen people at an airport in Afghanistan trying to flee for safety and had to wrestle with why that is happening in our world and what was our part in it. In our town, we have kind of moving tent cities of human beings who don't have somewhere to live inside and we, we drive by them and then that tent city is gone and then it's somewhere else. So at least for me, I have felt sometimes like, like it's all blowing up. Like it's all hard and it's all stressful and it's all there. And in the context of this original writing in Psalm 46, the nation of Israel was facing all kinds of pressure including big empires trying to take them over. So this reality of like things were crazy for them, like there really were other armies who wanted to come and take over Israel. It felt dangerous, it felt wild and risky and scary, and we have this psalm, and many others like it. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We've been talking the last few weeks of this idea that God is present. Amen? That God is present with us as we go through these realities. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, the mountains move into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river 
whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. God is present as we go through this. God is with us as we go through this. And over the last few weeks, we've started talking about different kinds of spiritual practices or rhythms in our life to help keep us connected to God's peace, to help keep us connected to a sense of God's love and care and provision for our lives. We've talked about the idea of staying on the vine or abiding in the love of Christ, staying on that vine. And when I read this passage and consider both the global realities, but then I know enough of you to know that so many of us have personal things going on that, that are hard, like really hard, that, that are difficult, that are stressful, things that, that we are working through how to handle in our lives. And as I read this, I'm just struck by these Psalms that like, we really do need this t- connection to God, amen? Like, like we honestly need a refuge and a strength. It isn't just like cute poetry we read for a moment, like we actually need a refuge and strength in times of trouble. Because when we kind of forget where the refuge and the strength is, when we, when we forget for a moment that we are loved, when we forget for a moment that there is hope, it, it can be all a bit too much for us. So how do we craft a life where we are constantly reminded that God is with us, that God is present? How do we craft a life where we stay close to the reality that God is our refuge and our strength. Now, I want to read a, an, another psalm that's similar but different. Psalm 62. I'm going to read 5 through 10. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. Wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken on God rests my salvation and my glory, my, ro- my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And then it gets a little, a little different. This is kind of a little transition point here. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. So it's like the same theme, and then it's like, oh, wait a minute. And there's like different estates of people. They're the same. Don't worry about it. And so don't get into robbery or extortion to try to be a certain kind of person. Sometimes we get caught up into like, well, there's that class of people and this class of people, right? Like those people made it really well, and these people kind of made it, and these people didn't make it. Like high estate and low estate. And we wouldn't use those terms, and most of us would say, well, I don't rob anybody to get more money. That's not how I do it. But there's this idea of we sometimes think we're not good enough, right? Like, those folks in the highest state are okay, so I got to do whatever I can do to be like those people who kind of have it going on, and they're okay. And we are tempted to feel like I need something else to be okay for a refuge, So if it's getting to be a high estate kind of person, or if it's more money, or if it's a bigger house or a bigger car, or maybe it's just looking a certain way, or it's physical attraction, or health, beauty, like if I can get to be like that, I'll be okay. 
Like, I'll be all right. You know, like, I'll have made it. And these Psalms are saying, put your trust in God. Don't worry about the estate. Don't worry about this stuff. But we are tempted. I was um, showing my wife and daughter my Instagram feed because I enjoy working out. Like, I enjoy workout products. My, if my wife was here, she would laugh. Like, I'm like, I need the latest gear, right? Like, I need the latest shoe because I need to work out more. And it's fun. It's my hobby. Like, come on. So my Instagram feed, Instagram is smart, and Instagram knows how to prey on what you look at and also like our insecurities. So looking at my Instagram feed, and there's frequently workout stuff on there, and there was this workout and it was an app. And it had this app and it's like, oh, this new workout thing, you, and it basically said, you can look like Chris Hemsworth. Like, you know Thor? Chris Hemsworth? And it, and it literally had, he was advertising for it, it literally had him with his shirt off doing a barbell curl with his shirt off. And it literally was like, if you do this workout plan, like you can work out like Chris Hemsworth. And I looked at it and it's, it's funny. I'm sitting there like surrounded by commentaries and books about contemplative prayer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Chris Hemsworth's abs. Like this dude is awesome. Like, like I forget the whole thing, right? Like I just want to like, and I am pull in that moment, Instagram knew what would pull me in. Like for you, maybe it's a shiny car. Like, but for me, it's like, I want to, I want to be in better shape. So I'm looking at the ad of Chris Hemsworth, and I'm just for a moment like, $7.99 a month? Like, could I really look? If I worked out a little harder, right? If I, if I just took creatine or something, could I look like Chris Hemsworth? And so I, I showed my wife and my, I think it was my youngest daughter, like, look at this. It says I can look like Chris Hemsworth, which they thought was the funniest thing ever. Like, Dad, you can't look like Chris. Dad. Come on. Come on, Dad. Like you. So they're like laughing. But I got, right, for a moment, it's like funny, and so I laughed, but I had like a good minute, right, where this part of my soul was like, I, I always wished I would look like that. Like a part of my soul is like, no, I, I want to be in such amazing shape that people are like, oh wow, like look at him. A, a part of me is pulled into that. And a part of all of us is pulled into some part of insecurity in who we are or who we are not. And it robs us of our peace and our joy. Because it's like, I'm not like that. I'm like that neighbor, they've got it going on. Like that person in church, man, look at how nice their kids are to each other and serve it. Like, like that, right? Like that person. And we are robbed of like our peace and our joy that we have just from being God's child. Amen. Psalm 46 reminds us, I am your refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. If that trouble is an earthquake or a war, or if that trouble is my insecurity about how I look or who I am. Psalm 62 reminds us, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him been trying to get at for a few weeks and today this idea that we are so often in a rush to the get to the next thing and I understand that there's commuting and there is work and there are things we have to do and places we have to be but these scriptures use these words like wait in silence like if there's not a countercultural phrase to use for our society to, to wait for God in silence. To not to expect to instantly have something fixed, to not to expect to instantly have like it all fixed with God even, but to, to wait 
in silence with our Creator. It says, for my hope is from Him. My hope is from God. My, my security, my significance, it is from my Creator. So let's talk practically for a few minutes about how can we be still? How, how can we wait in silence? Now, the reality is, I'm going to throw out um, uh, several ideas, like daily, weekly, monthly rhythms that are in the scriptures and in church history, rhythms of actually like stopping and waiting with God. And some of us can feel a burden when we hear that. So just to be, I'm super clear now, if I'm going to throw out like six things, I'm not, no one is saying you should do all six of these tomorrow, okay? And that if you don't, God is mad at you. That's not, that's not the idea. And honestly, the, some of the only folks who can live that strictly live in a monastery, which again is super cool, but really not practical for most of us, right? And maybe not even healthy. So let's give ourselves some, some grace and look at, like, what, but what are the practices that could help me be more centered in God's presence throughout the day? I also want to point out that we are all different. Like, we're all different. We all have certain practices that might just, oh, might just light us up. Like, I love this. This is wonderful for me. Other practices that are hard for us. Other practices that just seem wacky to us when we hear about them. So for me, I've been mentioning the, the prayer of examine throughout this series. For me personally, for the way that I'm wired, I'm an Enneagram 3 and I can get caught up in like reflecting on myself and I need it, but it's, I have all these ideas in my head. I do a, if I do a prayer of examine at the end of the day where I kind of finish my work and I sit with God for five or ten minutes and I say, okay, God, remind me that you're present with me. Okay, God, thank you for these things that happened today. Now, God, I'm going to look through my day with you, and can you help me sense where I was thriving, where I had joy? Help me sense where I was stressed out. Can you, can you God, can, you, can we walk through this day together and what happened and what was going on in my, in my inner life today? For me, like how I'm wired, that, if I do that every day, it literally shifts me to a healthier version of me, okay? Now, I have friends that I've shared that with. This is the greatest thing ever, prayer of exam, and they're like, yeah, I don't get it. You sit there and reflect and say thanks and, have, and, you, and like, okay, whatever, right? And then I have friends who are like, hey, I, I have had so many friends the last 15 years, based on who I've hung out with, who are like, man, creativity and art is how I worship. So I cannot tell you how many times I've been in a room with dear friends who have been like, now we're all going to draw something while, while we listen to music. And this is our worship. We're going we're gonna to draw, here's your paint products, paint. And I'm like... I've worked so hard to appreciate art and respect art, and I'm going to try to paint, but goodness, I hate painting. <laughs> and I honestly can't draw anything. Like, give me, I mean, I, I, I've tried. I, I, I get it, and I, I can just sit there and just get grumpy because I'm like, I can't draw anything. Like, let me write a poem to God, right? Like, like let, me, let me do anything else but paint because I'm just getting so irritated right now at the fact that I can't, and I'm so actually scared that someone's going to see my horrific drawing. It looks like a fourth grader like, who can't draw, right? All that to say, there are some practices that are rooted in Scripture and in history that you're like, oh, like this, right? Like this helps me. For you, it might be turning on worship music, or turning on hymns and painting. And if you can turn on a hymn and paint and pray to God 
at the end of your day? God bless you. I mean, really, God bless you. Do that thing. Experience God's joy. But for me, I'm going to do my prayer of examine, and it's going to help you become a healthier human. Does that make sense? Let me get some nods, because I can't see your faces in the mask, so I, I think you're tracking. So I'm going to throw out some daily rhythms, and I, I just want you to consider if the Spirit might nudge you to like, oh, like I, I would like to try this. There is the prayer of examine, which I know I'm keep mentioning, which is a prayer of thanking God for God's... Actually, I'm going to read them all first. Prayer of examine, Lord's Prayer, the Psalms, Lectio Divina, the Jesus Prayer, and then some sort of devotional or Bible reading. Um, and of course, there are many more. I'm just hitting a few, a few highlights. But for me, the prayer of examine, where I, I rest in God's presence, look through my day with God, is, is life-changing. Um, the Lord's Prayer, let's read Matthew 6. I think we forget this epic prayer that Jesus taught when he said, here's how to pray. He said, like, let me tell you how to pray. And it's okay to follow a pattern that God gave, that Jesus taught. Um, Matthew 6, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I mean, Christians for a couple thousand years have sat together and slowly prayed this prayer together. Like slowly, carefully prayed through this prayer. And every time I make space to sit and pray the Lord's Prayer, I am struck by the genius of Jesus, for one thing. Like, like here is a short prayer which will lead you through these big questions and ideas and struggles in your life. And, and, and to sit with this prayer maybe once a day, at lunchtime or the morning or at the end of the day, and, and to slowly go through the Lord's Prayer. Or, or to pray it as a family can be a, a rhythm to guide us back to God and, and to these like big themes of prayer. And then I want to mention reading Psalms. You know, to, to prepare for this message this morning, I, I leaf through tons of Psalms, and I am always struck by the power in these Psalms, the, the emotion in these Psalms, like the, like the gut reality of these Psalms. And so, I, so often if I make space to read the Psalms, like there's something so powerful in these words, crying out to God. And there's always something I can relate to, and it pulls me in, and it pulls me into God's presence, and it pulls me into this reality of God's hope as I'm going through really difficult things. And then I'm going to mention the Lectio Divina. That, that just means sacred reading. Um, I'm not going to say much, because we're actually going to practice Lectio Divina um, at the end of the sermon for a few moments. But it's the idea of instead of reading for information, and we live in an information age, right? So much information. Instead of reading for more information, to read the scriptures to experience God, to, to, to meet God, to, to read it slowly, carefully, inviting God's spirit to meet us there and speak to us. The Jesus prayer is something that is, is still new to me and there are different versions of it, but people wrote it like, I think, third or fourth century. So very early church it was written, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, 
have mercy on me, a sinner. I often pray a shorter version. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. I might find myself stressed out about a certain thing happening, sitting alone, and I'll take a couple minutes and breathe and say, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And then I want to mention the devotionals or Bible reading, where if you grew up in the church, like if you grew up in a youth group, right, it was like, do your devotion. Is anybody familiar with that? Like growing up in a Christian space, like this is what you do, you do your devotion. I have a devotional book I, I, I love, and these can be tools, like wonderful tools to have a book that you read in the morning or to be reading through the Bible, right, in the morning or in the middle of the day. And I just want to encourage you in one way in that. Again, we live in a culture and an age of information, right, of reading quickly. Like, information comes quickly. We get it, we get it, we get it. And sometimes, a lot of evangelical folks that I hang out with, like, just keep getting more information, and they're like, no, I have to read through the whole Bible really fast. Like, I'm gonna, this is what I do. And I would encourage you to think about slowing down. If you have a devotional book, or if you're reading through the Bible, sometimes slow down. You don't have to memorize all of it today, right? You don't have to get through James today. God doesn't love you more for that. But sometimes to, to read, maybe you read a verse and you sit with God and say, God, speak to me. To slow down and be still. So those are some daily ideas that, that in church history, folks have practiced in a daily way. And then I, I just want to point out one weekly rhythm that really deserves like a whole series, but that is Sabbath, a, a weekly Sabbath. Exodus 20 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. I love this. It's like not just you, but anybody in your property. Like practice Sabbath. And I think the Sabbath is such a good, it's such a good way to think about spiritual disciplines or practices because it's not meant to be a burden but this is God saying I know you I made you humans I am telling you this is the best way for you to live it is to work hard for six days and it is to take this day to rest so we rest and we disconnect from like our compulsions to achieve our compulsions to work harder our compulsions to earn more our compulsions even maybe to learn more, to, to keep spinning on the hamster wheel. We are created to have a day where we don't do that. And, and we rest in God's presence. We rest and we have joy and we disconnect from all these things that are pulling on us. And I really believe that like, the practice of Sabbath is one of the most neglected or under-practiced things in Scripture. Where it is such a clear thing God's giving us and it is so easy in our world to really just forget that one and leave it out and, and really to not try to practice it because probably most of our friends don't practice it and it would be really weird, honestly, it's like to, to really have a whole day where we do nothing and rest in God. But consider what would a Sabbath do? And then one more, moving on to like a monthly or periodic, Jesus took retreats. I think I preached on this a couple months ago. But Jesus practiced running away from everything up on the mountain with God and praying all night. And he practiced it regularly. In Luke 5:15, up on the screen, 
regular that Jesus went away all by himself with no other human beings. This isn't something maybe you can do every day, but I, I would encourage you, implore you, find a way to get really away from human beings every once in a while and to sit with God. For a lot of us who, who have a hard time practicing silence with God, when we try it, the first 10 or 15 minutes or hour might be like so hard. Can anybody relate to that? Like you, you, you try to pray for an hour you try, and it's like your mind is spinning for the first 59 minutes, right, of your hour of prayer time with all this stuff. So sometimes getting away for like a weekend or a long weekend, getting away somewhere in some kind of guided retreat or by yourself retreat where you can spend enough time where you can finally sit. Sometimes it might take you, for me, if I go like on a four-day retreat, like the first day my head's spinning, and it's maybe like day two and a half, I finally find myself sitting in a chair, and I'm like, oh, I'm finally sitting in God's presence. I'm finally still. It took me a day and a half to be, to be still with God. We're going to practice Lectio Divina together. And some of you are going to love it, and some of you are going to feel awkward. But we're going to be together, okay? You're supposed to laugh or something there, so it's okay. Or maybe this does seem really daunting. So here's all it is. It just means sacred reading. I'm going to read Psalm 46, and we're just going to ask God to speak to us, right? We can do that, right? I'm going to read it three times. Sometimes people read it four times. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to trust that God is actually present with us. And we're going to trust that the Spirit speaks to us. And we're going to trust that these words are sacred and beautiful. And we're going to trust that if we can slow down, that God might imprint something on us, that God may speak to us. So would you take a breath and close your eyes? I'm going to read Psalm 46. If you really have to read it at the same time to make sure I don't like mess it up, you can do that. I, I, if you close your eyes, it's probably going to be better for you. So close your eyes, take a breath. I'm going to read it. Would you just listen? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, Though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Would you sit 
in God's presence for a minute. I'm going to read it again, and this time, would you use your imagination, picture, there are word pictures here, could, could you try to picture yourself in this psalm? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. I'm going to read it one more time, and I, I want to invite you to consider if God, the Spirit, would, would bring a word, like there was a word or phrase that sticks out to you. Hold on to that word or phrase. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. He shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. 
I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Salah. Would you just sit in God's presence for a minute? Consider if a word or an image stuck out to you and let God speak to you and be with you. God, you are our refuge and strength. You are our very present help in trouble. God, let us find ways to be still throughout our days and our weeks and our lives. God, show us how we can be still. Show us how we can wait for you to be silent with you Thank you, God. Amen. As we move into a time of worship and communion in a moment, if you need communion elements, Stephanie has them there in the back. So just wave at her. So once you get those, just hold on to that, and and we will take that together in, in just a moment. It's written in Mark 14, as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. So why don't you go ahead and open up these cool little plastic things with juice and cracker. But this cool little thing is a symbol of the body of Christ broken for us and the blood of Christ shed for us. So go ahead and partake. Let's partake together. Thank you, God, for your sacrifice. Amen. Now we're going to enter a time of worship.